0: Welcome to Gimcrack Video. How can I help you tonight?
1: Hey, yeah, we're just uh, browsing for something a little different. Well, have you tried our
0: Forgotten Classics
1: section? Is that the one over there under the sign that says Blighted by God?
0: Oh, oh, I found something. Have you seen this before?
1: Uh, Never heard of it. Let's grab it. Enjoy your selection can <laughs> <laughs> you 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 know, you know we're still here right well oh. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us on another season of Found on Shelf. Yes, it's our second season, the podcast where our only promise to you is to never review an Oscar-winning movie. And my name is Dustin, and tonight I have the pleasure of hearing about the torture I put my co-host through. Uh, How are we holding up there, Patrick?
0: Well, I've poured fusion vodka into a thirst quencher. So I just want to say... That while watching Amityville in space may have been a bad decision, it was not the only one I made this evening.
1: <laughs> a series of bad decisions are happening right now. All right. Yes, I read those <laughs> books. Great A stuff. <laughs> so I, I I do have a confession to make. Uh, I To Father have, Benna? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um I I have never seen a single Amityville movie. In my life,
0: oh, this is going to be ripe for discussion because I have watched the Amityville horror, and I have a hot take.
1: <laughs> so I, I i wanted to I wanted to change that for this new season of the podcast, and uh, that's why I decided I'd kick off the season talking about the the insanity of this franchise. I'm not talking about the actual content of the franchise being insane. I'm talking about the sheer number of movies and books uh, based on Amityville. Uh, or loosely based and just sometimes just in name. Um, Have you seen any, you saw the first Amityville, was that the only one you've seen?
0: Yeah. So the only Amityville movie I have seen is the original, the Amityville horror. I didn't watch any of the sequels. I didn't watch any of the ripoffs or spinoffs until this film. And I, uh, I didn't read the books, although I do have opinions on Ed and Lorraine
1: Warren. So yeah, and I I decided after watching, uh, after watching this movie, I would go back and watch the original one as well. So that is fresh in my mind, uh, watching that. And, um, Did you like it? Uh, it? It wasn't that great. It was okay, just okay, thank you. Yeah. It was I, just okay. <laughs> I don't
0: understand why the Amityville horror is as big as it is, because I didn't care for that movie in the slightest.
1: Yeah, it didn't need to be two hours long, first of all
0: no it, it was it's, dude,
1: just drug on and on and on it's all over the fucking place yeah yeah uh, it was like five different movies going on. i'm like wait what's happening here mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's it's really strange there's a couple of cool scenes like right at the end when like like all hell's breaking loose and there's a storm like yeah. like it's it's kind of fun at that point but man it takes forever to get there and it's just I don't, I don't know. I've seen haunted house movies do it better. And I've seen cheap jump scare movies do it better. So I don't know that I would recommend an Amityville movie. Unless, and this is, this is a wild idea. So just bear with me. It took place in space.
2: <laughs> Amityville
0: in space.
1: So for anyone listening here that's not familiar with the original, uh, so the original film was in 1979. Um, and that film and some of the sequels, some of the sequels were actually based on a series of books. And it makes sense that there's so many movies because there was nine books that were originally written uh, about this situation. And the the original book and movie were actually uh Quote based on real events, um, the names of people are actually real so in in nineteen seventy four uh, Ronald Defeo drugged and shot six family members in the house, and then a year later this Lutz family moved in and that's really about where the facts end. <laughs> the book and the movies go on you know they they were they were terrorized by paranormal activities and eventually left the house and, and buyers or more. yeah. Uh, yeah, the, it was failing the, the marriage the, the, <laughs> would have been great if he, knew he was having financial problems. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah. And the haunted house was just like the background stuff, but it was really his financial and marriage woes that were the focus of the movie that I would watch <laughs> the Amityville divorce. I would watch that. <laughs> so yeah, um, subsequent books and movies went into uh more detail about, uh, the original shooter. So there was a prequel, um, to, there was a lot I of think stuff. it's
0: part three, like the demon or something.
1: Something like that, yeah. And um, eventually they went with the with the route that certain items in the uh, the house were capable of being haunted. And if those items were taken to new houses, then that new house would be haunted. Uh, and that was a premise of, somewhat for the uh, Amityville Exorcism, which was the first movie with Father uh, Benna. And uh, that was like uh, some guy that was doing construction on the house. (laughs) like Brought home a piece of wood. And then that just turned out to be (laughs)
0: Michigan Chief Frog.
1: (laughs) I would would have watched that. Um, So, you know, these haunted items can basically go anywhere, even in space. Which brings us to uh, tonight's selection for the film. We've got Amityville in space. Now, Patrick, in the middle of watching this movie, you sent me a text message that said, so what exactly have I done to deserve this? Uh, I don't yes. think that that's a good elevator pitch. Uh,
0: no, but I would like an answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Voyage of the rock aliens. That's what you did. <laughs> I... okay. <laughs> okay. I'm still not
0: sure, but okay.
1: All right. So, uh, did you did you did you work on refining that ele- a little bit? Yeah, elevator pitch a little bit?
0: No, but I'm not sober, so let's do this.
1: <laughs> um, have you ever wanted
0: to see a haunted house movie in space? Well, if you have, I have great news for you. You can watch Event Horizon. <laughs> this is how I would pitch it: Amityville in space is the thrilling conclusion to the Father Benes saga.
1: Well, maybe we don't know. He. There might be a a prequel, uh, who knows? But uh I was just thinking, um you know, every every other horror franchise has gone to space, so why not Amityville? That's all you have yeah. to say.
0: That's it. <laughs> I, I am actually always about uh more uh horror movies should be in space. Hellraiser went to space, that was great. Jason went to space,
1: yeah. I liked it for what it was. I didn't yeah. like it at first, but then I'm like, you know what? This movie is not taking itself serious at all. And I kind of like that. Do
0: you know what my favorite horror movie in space is?
1: Leprechaun. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: movie rocks. There, There is a scene in that moment where in that movie where the leprechaun bursts out of a man's penis and has nothing to do with being in space.
1: <laughs> yeah, where exactly. do these
0: movies come from?
1: Everybody could can take, learn a lesson from... Uh, <laughs> from Leprechaun in Space.
0: Leprechaun, much like the Gospels,
1: is written by
0: divine inspiration.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. But enough about Leprechaun. Let's try to get back on track here. And I have the trailer so that we can relive some of the excitement of this movie before we really dive into it. <laughs>
2: This evening, at the infamous Amityville house, something is about to go down.
3: This house is evil incarnate. Its evil has spread like a plague, to stop it, we must strike at its roots. If I were you, I'd leave now.
2: That's the largest black hole I've ever seen.
3: We've never come across anything like this in space before. I think there's something more sinister at play here. I've got a bad feeling about this. It's already beginning again. The war between good and evil continues. We need to nuke that black hole. That house must be destroyed.
1: Apparently, that was it. (laughs) I had questions. Uh, I, uh, I I do too. I'm not sure why the rest of that didn't load, but I don't know if we needed it. Um, <laughs> what kind of questions you got?
0: Why well, it stopped. That, that answered them.
1: Oh. <laughs> it stopped because we didn't want to give it all away. <laughs> oh, nice save. <laughs> I guess, I so basically, since, since the original Amityville, the, the murder was a real thing that happened. The house was a real place. Amityville is a real city. The concept of that is basically public domain. The, the only thing that they can't use in these films is reference to the the Lutz family or the DeFeo murders uh, that were referenced in the first one in the book. So um, that's why you have so many movies based in Amityville. That's why you have, uh, they say things like, we know what happened in this past or this house is in a safe place. The house kind of looks different in just about all of them as well. It still has that similar look to it with the you know kind of almost eyes looking on the house, but other than that, it's just kind of whatever.
0: Which they they grafted onto the house for the movie. Did they? Yes, they built that on top of the house for to get to, to get a look for it.
1: Ah, it worked. So let's um, let's get started with this movie. What do you say? So the the movie starts,
0: we promised higher quality in season two, Dustin. What are we doing here? Okay, so it it puts you through some feelings. And the first feeling is uh, the feeling of watching a fake newscast. Because the movie starts out uh, with a reporter describing the Amityville house for some reason. And Father Bennett pulls up. Gets out of his car. He means fucking business. He's like, he's like, okay, look, this house has infected the entire planet with evil. Somehow, off-screen, Palpatine has returned, and the house has infected <laughs> the entire planet with evil. And Father Binna, the only good priest, is going mm. to that. That's canonical, like in, in both in. <laughs> In both fiction and life, the only good priest, Father (laughs) Benna, is like, we can stop this. We can combat the evil. And he goes, he says this on the news, and then he goes in the house to do that, to have this confrontation. Is that a fair description of the introduction to this film?
1: Yeah. And there was an oddball assortment of people and like almost thugged out looking security guards. I don't know what the hell they were, just kind of standing around. But, uh, (laughs) <laughs> setting
0: tone yeah um, nobody puts Bena in a corner
1: nobody puts Benna
0: in a corner <laughs> damn it just the this right amount of alcohol tonight Dustin
1: this is Father Benna's uh, second appearance on our podcast now um, mm-hmm. he did. He was the uh, same uh, Jeff Kirkendall was the same character Father Benna in Noah's Shark this and is
0: yeah. the third or fourth Amityville movie that the Polonia brothers have
1: made oh god i i lost track there's if you if you look at the 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 production company behind the plenty brothers the wild eye like Mm -hmm. oh yeah
0: because wild eye is a distributor right
2: yeah
1: they're a producer distributor and they just they have got the market on amityville movies i've
0: got the market for all this stuff like it's like watch figure out how many krampus movies are are wild eye releases
1: oh god is there a lot of them
0: oh god yeah (laughs) I, I can think of at least two, maybe three off the top of my head.
1: So, so yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, that's kind of how it starts off with the news crew hanging out in the front, um, mm-hmm. fake snow falling all over the place. Father Ben that's is saying, it's, it's time for the final battle of good versus evil. And then you bust out a little ball of hand sanitizer that just says holy water on it.
0: <laughs> Pretty sure they sell that in the, um, clergy sections of like a, a christian family uh, bookstore
1: <laughs> yeah um yeah so he he goes in the house and he's trying to spray it around everywhere and the next thing you know his hand it's holding one hand's holding the cross and it just starts spinning, and spinning okay
0: so he's trying to he's performing an exorcism on the house and um the, the demon is fighting back And the way he chooses to do that Is to rotate Father Ben's hand <laughs> At an extreme speed And watch it wrench off of his body yep. He spins his hand Completely off of his body <laughs> As as Repercussion For trying Having the audacity To exercise him The demon takes his hand And I don't want to say that Evil Dead 2 Did it better but it's clearly reminiscent
1: yeah yeah that was uh <laughs> just a little interesting um so yeah so and then he's like begging for god to help him
0: mm-hmm. i'm familiar just, with that
1: yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm usually doing my face in a toilet but i guess that works too <laughs> um so yeah, and then the the handless father and the house just kind of blip out and disappear into space.
2: Mhm.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, so, so so so
0: let's really let's really you're, you're going too far. <laughs> you're going too fast. Let's slow down. Let's live in the moment. Let's play in this space. Let's open it up a little bit. Let's just stretch out and just really explore the space we're given here. What happens is he is exercising the demon from the house. And he's exercising him so hard, he, like casts him, he casts the demon off the face of the earth. And from the outside, we see the house slowly start to uproot itself <laughs> from the ground and leave the atmosphere into the farthest regions of space, presumably on a five-year mission.
1: <laughs> uh, wow. You, you've described it... Uh- I think better than it was presented visually. Polonia
0: Brothers uh, hire me.
1: <laughs> oh, wait for that uh, found on shelf Polonia mm-hmm. collaboration uh, collab that we're working on. Yeah,
0: yeah, Cyborg Werewolf Two, Electric. Werewolf.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we we now fast forward through a bunch of uh, stock space footage uh, credit scenes, and it is the year three thousand fifteen. For the spaceship, I think they said it's a spaceship Wyoming, did they I think so,
0: okay
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> it could have been I didn't know that they took the time to name it um i okay, so the spaceship is an interesting set because it is a series of rooms <laughs> with tchotchkes glued to the wall. <laughs> But not like, okay. I know when I say that you're picturing Doctor Who, right? You're picturing like cardboard walls with like plates and shit just glued up there and painted over to look like texture. But yeah, that's no,
1: not down from that.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's not <laughs> what I'm describing. What I'm describing is these are rooms that. This is a film that requires you to really like use your imagination. Um, it's so what what is happening here? <laughs> is for set they have attached like like (laughs) bric-a-brac to just offices in someone's house but they are offsetting that with um cgi tunnels yeah (laughs) it's 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 an interesting look to space i will say i have not seen it done before
1: (laughs) and the their uh their little uh, uh their command deck i don't know what you'd call it just has this like Shiny plastic sheets behind them Like not quite aluminum foil shiny But like this weird <laughs> And it's textured and bumpy And you can tell it's just plastic sheet From like the dollar store they put up there
0: Okay, so let to say a couple things One, this is, you know It's the same thing as Winter Beast Or um, a, a Christmas with Cookie It is somebody saying Okay, let's make the movie And just make it to the best that we can However yeah. that is. Right. And I think that's great. I, I applaud that. Uh My criticism here is not based on quality. It is based on an aesthetic preference. Are you ready? Okay. I personally would like to have seen aluminum foil. <laughs> and I, 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 cause I think it would have like, like fit 1950s retro charm. I think it would have been interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um you know, when, it, when you, you got to realize where your budget is and kind of plan accordingly. Um, mm hmm. So, yeah, a little something coherent. Mm-hmm. Um, do aluminum foil like down your hallway of your office and just make that a spaceship.
0: What we have here is we're really joining our protagonists who are, in fact, the crew of this spaceship, the spaceship Wyoming.
1: Uh, like a la kind of like it's reminded me very much of like Jason X. Uh, they're kind of they introduced Jason and now they're introducing the crew. And it's, I mean, they're definitely getting inspiration from.
0: To an extent, but did, didn't Jason X feel like you were watching a movie that was intended to be a porn?
1: Yeah. And then they were like, but, uh, let's add spaceships Jason. to it. And then somebody was like, uh, we got the rights to Friday the 13th. And I'm like, all right, cool. Jason's in space. Because like,
0: there's this thing that happens when you watch a lot of horror movies and it feels like they filmed two movies at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: There's a lot of horror movies where like, like half the actors have clearly done porn and you're like, was this like a dual shoot? Do they just have like extra time? <laughs> um Jason X is not that movie, but it feels like it was intended to be because like it feels like high budget skinemax, right?
1: Yeah.
0: It, like, it's it, a very he says, horny movie. It <laughs> says like like one of the characters has a sex spot. <laughs> yeah. Like just straight up. <laughs> and like I know we're not talking about Amity on Space in this moment, but I just want to say I feel like there was more to the production of Jason X than I am currently aware of. And it has been stated publicly. Now, back to this movie. This movie is like that, but much less horny. Um,
1: And the robot's not as sexy.
0: The robot is a dude in a Halloween hazmat suit.
1: Yeah, that's about what I got.
0: And his name was Vox? Yes, Vox. Vox. As in voice. Yeah.
1: Yep. With a weird tone to his voice that they went with. But um, yeah, I guess this spaceship's job is to fly around and destroy black holes.
0: That appears to be what they do. I think they fire nuclear warheads into black holes to make them go away. And positively the most Trumpian statement I think we've made on this podcast.
1: (laughs) and if they're down to uh one one uh nuclear weapon left and they're like, Oh, we're just gonna destroy that black hole. But then Vox is like, Wait,
2: there's I, I wish
1: I had his voice, hold your fire because the missiles are it's a weird slow voice. because um, he's noticed something else pop up on the radar and it's the Amityville house. Just well, sitting, <laughs> floating in space.
0: Now, are you familiar with Rush?
1: Uh Limbog, yeah. The favorite. Oh, the band. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm familiar. Not very familiar, but familiar.
0: Uh, have you ever seen the cover of 2112? Uh, I don't think so. What we see in space is a red circle and it's and it's like and it's like the head of Baphomet in like a pentagram form. Mhm. like you would see on a metal t-shirt. But yeah. in red and in space. Yeah. Like you would see at a metal laser show and, and do they have those? That's just, it's just a Pink Floyd thing, right? Okay.
2: Anyway, you should.
0: That's what <laughs> I'm saying. Master <laughs> puppets would fucking rule, but like, so they see Baphomet in the stars and they say, yeah, I want to, I want to explore the house that's floating in space. Yeah, for no just reason.
1: Ignore the space pentagram. Just focus on that house.
0: Now, we get some clarification into this later. In that, in the future, uh, the, the uh, Christianity is um, one of the ancient religions, and mm-hmm. I suppose by extension, occultism is too, because no one recognized Baphomet.
1: Yeah, who, I mean, who, that's just what they what they did. <laughs> it's hard to. Uh, I don't think there was a lot of logic put on here. Like even in the next kind of line when they were talking about it, they they, they said how they were they couldn't investigate it. They had they, or they couldn't destroy it. They had to go and investigate it. And then they were like, they said space law requires it. Like they couldn't even come up with a with a name for it. Like it couldn't have been like Code Seventy Four Nineteen says. We no space law. They literally say space law doesn't allow it.
0: Sidebar: Wouldn't it be awesome to see like a legal drama set in the future just called Space Law?
1: I mean, I'd watch it. Yeah,
0: it would <laughs> suck, but I'd watch every episode.
1: Um, does, it, does it come on before, or after Alf's bar?
0: So by decree of Space Law.
1: I didn't catch a lot of the characters' names, by the way. I just uh, now
0: you now you're watching a movie the way I do. I,
1: I just I just wrote down lady <laughs> ladies walking around absolutely not great screen
0: mm-hmm okay but like she's psychically in tune right something
1: something weird i don't know what her deal is
0: it's a character in star trek right it's like psychic
1: deanna troy yeah something like that i guess but yeah then she i love how this is the year 3015 and she goes into her office and <laughs> there's like a an imac just sitting there on her desk Ah, uh, yeah um, well i mean
0: that's just realistic come on
1: yeah it's still gonna be around just like that
0: it's going to be one of the five remaining companies.
1: <laughs> yeah, but she she can feel a presence of some sorts in the uh, in the office. Um, so they want to go check out what's going on on the on the house, but they're not sure if uh, if it's going to. They could breathe in the house or what's going on. So they send their robot uh, robot Vox down there to see what he can discover. Because mm-hmm. I guess it's on their radar, and then they show it, but then they're thinking it's a spaceship. Because he gets on there, and he's like, that's not a spaceship. I don't know how they didn't realize it before, but...
0: I, I am assuming the implication is that um, houses no longer exist in this form.
1: Yeah, I guess. I guess that's it.
0: But yeah. it so also like... didn't care.
1: Yeah, yeah that's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> so as Box is running around his house, he sees this weird uh, humanoid figure. And this is where we first get our 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 bad guy and like actually see him.
0: Yes, uh, he's a reptilian. Uh, he has come to um, do demon shit while dressed like a lizard in a hoodie
1: <laughs> with human hands.
0: With human hands, it's it's actually not entirely unlike the bad guys in Wolf Cop.
1: <laughs> I have not seen Wolf Cop. That's a real thing.
0: Oh, you haven't seen Wolf Cop?
1: No. Oh,
0: it's uh, it might be too mainstream to cover on this podcast, but you absolutely, positively must see Wolf
1: Cop. I will. I will add that to my list to check out. <laughs> I give. I give it
0: three wolf dicks out of five. <laughs> you have no idea how relevant that statement is. All right. He's a wolf. He's uh, a cop. Do we really need to see his penis explode?
1: this is is the second time we've talked about exploding penises (laughs) (laughs) it's a through line thematically oh god
0: (laughs) (laughs) what is happening in the film is um the the amityville house has transcended space and time into the future in some nebulous part of the galaxy where presumably it would have been safe from human hands but human hands once again have stretched out and touched the abyss and so what we have is the spaceship finds the deserted house they send the robot and the robot confronts the demon and the demon fucks up the robot as demons are wont to do yeah and in that moment they're like we might as well go down
1: (laughs) yeah well it seems fine now yeah
0: robots dead so i'm sure it's safe
1: yeah, everything's fine. Nothing picked up on the scanner, so we'll just go down and see uh, see what's mm-hmm. happening.
0: Yep. And what's happening is they find an unconscious Father Benna.
1: Yeah. In they're a just closet. kind of it, yeah, and they do this weird thing where they're walking around the house, like making jokes about everything. Like, oh, a chair. Look at this. And then the the captain's Wait. like, "Yo, check this out. Like, it's an old, like, you know, a LED television.
0: I bet I could get like twenty five hundred dollars for
2: this. Bonus. No, bonus." <laughs>
1: it was it was uh very much a forced look how in the future we are kind of thing and i'm like you had an imac in your med bay just relax all right yeah and oh but yeah when they before they find father benna the thing that leads them to where father benna is is i believe his hand
0: yes it's like a it does like a weird um thing yes and by that i mean not like an action as in the character thing from the adams family
1: yes and yeah, just kind of does the walking around and showing showing them where Father Benna is. Yeah, and he, Father Ben just kind of wakes up and looks at the viewport and sees this space pentagram and just starts yelling no and runs away. Yeah, that's accurate. And they got they got him on the ship. Um, he runs over to the to the missile control tower
0: and, and somehow
1: it. puts the launch code in.
0: Mm-hmm. He was guided by the hand of God. You've seen yep. the end of the stand.
1: <laughs> exactly like that. Um and yeah, he was trying to fire the nuclear weapon into the house and they stopped him from doing it. Um yeah. Um and that's yeah, and then you get the 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 uh entity, the legion, which I believe is the same thing they used in Noah's Shark because they kept saying we are legion in that one as well.
0: They've got one verse in the Bible and they just keep going back to it. And back to it. Again. <laughs> we are calls what's is, what's is your name? Legion for we are a mini Yes. Everyone just, like, clues into the one thing.
1: And they're like, oh, that sounds cool. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is cool. Except
0: that <laughs> everyone does it.
1: <laughs> it makes it not cool. Lame. Speaking of not cool, uh, Legion starts talking about how um, he's the – there's more places he wants to rule and this and that. and Yeah. And then it goes out, uh, and Father Ben is explaining how he lost his hand, saying that he made a deal with God and – then he just reappeared, and that's all he remembers. Now, it's important to know that Father Bennett does not have a hand throughout the rest of this movie. They accomplish
0: this fact by <laughs> putting bandages around his hand.
1: <laughs> and at one point, he's praying, and he's still using the bandaged up hand in prayer. I mean, you know, old habits. Uh, Phantom limb syndrome, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah um this whole time the the crew the captain has been like flirting with this chick uh on the his commanding boss or whatever back home he's been talking to her on the thing um so this legion guy goes up to the little imac computer and sees that the the lady that he the captain was talking to and he just touches the screen and instantly possesses her I, I, i'm okay we, <laughs> it's like did i miss something there or did that just that was it All right, now she's possessed
0: I have a couple of thoughts about this. Firstly, Legion seems to have a physical form Mm -hmm. that people can just see, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: which is counterintuitive to most demon movies, and I wonder if it's bad or just interesting to subvert the idea of that. Uh, They don't really carry it out in a way that's super commanding, though, but the 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 thing that does happen after that is that he is able to then long-distance possess someone through through space zoom, um, mm-hmm. which, is, which is an interesting power to give anyone really.
1: Yeah. I think this is so kind of was- where they started taking a lot of their touches from star Wars at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Long distance mind control.
1: Yeah. The
0: force has awakened. Mm-hmm. Somehow father Benna has returned.
1: <laughs> Don't give him any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, he's kind of traveling on. He's, uh, and then he starts possessing some other people, I guess. And, uh, there's the, the, Matt Maitland, I think is the guy's name, who is one of the computer guys. And then the other, the other guy that was firing off the rockets was, um, uh, was also from, uh, Noah's Shark. He's the cast of characters he likes to keep, uh, in his movies.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it happens. And you, you, you get, you get familiar with, like, with people then you like working with them so you're just going to keep doing it again and again as much as it allows
1: and then so he starts like uh, the legion guy starts like kind of force choking um the engineering guy and then he just wakes up so now it's got a little bit of nightmare on elm street where he's like making them fall asleep and have visions of things happening to them and then they just wake up because it never happened kind of weird um i think they just wanted to have deaths but they didn't want to use the characters up too soon because they still had use for them i i don't know why they were going with the infecting your dreams thing but
0: um actually I, I do know why they did that when's the last time you watched event horizon
1: it's been a little while but i loved that movie but it's been a long time
0: does aren't nightmare visions part of the plot of event horizon
1: mm, You you might be right
0: maybe i'm spitballing and i'm wrong I, I, I haven't watched it in a year or two, but i has been like
1: 15 years for me. <laughs> I was, I'd
0: watched it the one time only. So like, I don't, cause I, I think it's overrated too.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh. I think when it came out, it was really cool because I mean, it was like a, just, Oh, uh, for sure. A for real haunted, like space movie, which there really was not a lot of horror space movies out there.
0: The idea that hell is real and is in space is actually awesome. And I think that it should be explored more thoroughly. And I don't know. A Hellraiser sequel.
1: <laughs> or more Amityville movies.
0: Or more Amityville movies. I'll take a couple more Amityville movies. I don't know. <laughs> but what am I going to do? Not watch it?
1: That's uh, not an option. So, yeah. So, everyone, the the, the captain's having nightmares where, like, um, uh, he's, like, having a confrontation with Legion about um, ruling him, and he's, like, blah, 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 and... I don't know. He's just trying to bring him into the darkness and curse him. And he just wakes up, starts screaming. And then the demon goes to Father Benna and tries to pull a Darth Vader and trying to like pull him into mm-hmm. the light or pull him out of the dark side. And um Father Benna's not going for it apparently because mm-hmm. he's just that damn righteous.
0: He is. I've seen his hat.
1: Yes. <laughs> um So the the captain wakes up and he calls back to that uh, lady he's been talking to. uh, I think I wrote her name down, Madam Tice. Um, And uh, now that she's been possessed, she convinced everybody back home to that. They need to bring the Amityville house back to wherever their space station is set up Um, for whatever reason. I mean, I guess they want the house back, but it, he seems to be doing fine possessing people without the house. So I don't know if that house is really that important anymore. <laughs> they do a cool thing where they're, they have like their, they're basically like nerf guns that they're using. Uh, that are just kind of been painted. And instead of having to worry about doing laser effects on a lot of them, they would just have the, like the, the, uh, the point of the gun sticking off frame. So when they fired, you just heard the sound, but they didn't have to actually worry about laser blasts or anything like that. I thought that was a clever use to get around having a budget. Yeah, no,
0: I think that's kind of cool.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, they decide to go onto the ship and set detonators up to blow the ship up. And then I didn't quite catch. They were going. They had to blow it up and then leave. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think they were going to blow it up and then leave. But there is a yarn monster that gets in their way. <laughs> So they're, they're, they, they, they encounter, like, a lot of things you'd think they would encounter in this kind of scenario. The the, the demon Reptilicus. Um, and mm-hmm. and since he is Legion, he did send out a couple of ancillary demonic forces to really bolster the interaction. You know, give, give, give the movie some flavor. So one thing they run into is a giant parent demon monster made entirely out of what appears to be yarn with uh, no explanation given as to who, what, why, when, where, or how
1: yeah i i I said a uh, yarn and dog hair with eyeballs stuck on it, and it was weird because it was almost not moving, and it was just like the green screen kind of shaking it around as it's chasing them.
2: <laughs> it oh, was yeah
1: <laughs> it was very odd, very last minute. I don't know what that what the idea was behind it.
0: I don't know, I couldn't figure that one out in the moment um and I still can't. I've been contemplating on it and thinking about it for a couple of days. I've been reflecting on the film. <laughs> and in in all of my musings, this one eludes me.
1: I think I, I want to see more more Yarn Monster.
0: Yeah, in the sequel. Yarn Monster versus uh, Cookie.
1: This is the end of the movie, though, right? We're getting there. Um, uh, Father Bena uses the, uh, the um, hand sanitizer, Holy Water, to kill the Yarn Monster. Um, but then they've blown up their, they, they killed the transport guy. Um, so now they can't figure that out, but then they're like, Oh, we just have molecular molecular destabilizers that will just transport us back manually. So that was a whole nothing that the other guy died. Um, yeah. Rocket dude goes to launch the rocket. Um, the nuclear warhead that they have, we, we didn't mention that earlier that was shown. It looks like it's straight windows 95 graphics. Like it's just, old looking and it's so weird that they're merging all this stuff like they got the weird green screen tunnels they got the windows 95 rocket and then <laughs> they've got like the fake plastic stuff everywhere
0: so I, I i sent you a note i don't know if you've got it or if it struck a chord with you this movie feels like playing harvester or any of the live action horror oh, computer yes. games yeah it feels like a there's a word for like live action video horror video games of the nineteen nineties. Um that's what this feels like. hmm By and large. Yep. Graphic wise, performance wise, story wise. <laughs> entirely and I don't necessarily mean that as an insult, I know it sounds like one. But like, like cause, cause like some of those things are rad, but that is the like vibe I get.
1: Yeah, very much. Um so yeah, then they the um so Yeah, the father's uh father better runs around splashing holy water and everything. Uh Legion shows up, jumps in the transporter with him, and I guess they transport him out to the middle of space and they kind of fight in the middle of space for a minute and then get blasted by a laser. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like what the hell is going on here?
0: Yeah, it's a very definitive ending.
1: Mhm. And then yeah, Father Ben uh hears a voice. Um <laughs> saying "Welcome home, good job." <laughs> yeah. So you we know might, what, we might get a we might get a Father Ben as an angel movie. I think that's about, the only direction we could take this. What,
0: what about the Amityville coma when you realize that this was all just a hallucination? Because <laughs> because because he got hit in, because he, he 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 has a concussion and is in a coma when he fell off Mount Ararat after being attacked by the demon shark and mm-hmm. Noah's shark. Is Noah no, Shark canonical or is it a side story?
1: Uh, apparently, well, it it's might help the viewer. You do not need to watch Noah's Shark to fully grasp Amityville in space. And in fact, you don't even need to watch the first one, Amityville Exorcism, to really get these two movies. So they they do they, they stand alone, absolutely. Jump but in wherever can, you want. Yeah, I think we can all follow uh, Father Benna's plight. Um across time and space different. <laughs> <laughs> right and i mean that was kind of the end of the movie um the yeah, captain and the chick gets sucked into the black hole um mm-hmm. adam tice is still possessed and yep. says everything has gone to plan and then roll credits
0: so i'm actually curious about some movies you know before we get into it this is a fine movie yeah i like I, I can trash it all day long but like honestly it did exactly what it wanted to do is make another father been a movie father. Jeff, Jeff Gerkendall is awesome in it. He's always fun. And, um, again, it was like, okay, this is, we want to make a movie. Let's just make the damn thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And they did.
0: And they made the damn thing. So yeah.
1: like,
0: what, what, what am I going to say that, that, that who am I to judge this movie? It's, it's really, it's fine. I liked it. It's fun. I, I like it more than Noah Shark.
1: You know, and that's, that's the thing they kind of went to, you know, just kind of announce it and just try to get as much attention as possible. And it got a lot of attention. I mean, it was in like, you know, notable websites, like time were like posting about it. So yeah. they, they, well they brought attention to themselves very much. And they're not, you know, cheap advertising. You just come up with a crazy name and everyone's like, what the hell? This is insane. Yeah.
0: Yep. So, Coca- cocaine beer is going to be awesome.
1: <laughs> so, um, as of this as as of the date that this podcast should be coming out, we're recording a little bit early, but um <clears throat> by the time this movie yeah, this this comes out, um do you wanna take a guess at how many Amityville movies there are?
0: Eighty-three.
1: Mmm, double you doubled it. You doubled it. It's <laughs> as as of the end of twenty twenty two, um, there'll be forty-one movies. Of Amityville out. Is
0: this is a lot like Django. Um, if you if you're not familiar with the Django franchise, Django is a. Uh, I, I'm not talking about the, the Tarantino movie. Uh, Django is a spaghetti western, in which like the main character Django is like trailing a coffin full of guns behind him, and it's a huge. Django comes out. It's a huge fucking hit. Everyone loves Django. If you go to look at Django, there are like thirty or forty fucking Django movies. <laughs> There is only one official Django sequel. Everything else is just another Italian film about an outlaw named Django. (laughs) Yep. Totally legally unrelated, which is kind of how a lot of Italian cinema functioned in the seventies, but like Mm -hmm. totally legally unrelated, but Django. Yeah. And and this feels very much the same way, but evil real estate.
1: Mm -hmm. But yeah. And it's, um, uh, some of the titles that I found, uh, there's an there's one that'll be uh, coming out. Just came out, 2022. Uh, Amityville Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also another movie called Amityville Karen. I um, saw the trailer for that. <laughs> Amityville in the Hood. About the uh, apparently they used the they use the old abandoned house as a drug house and. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's just watch. Just watch Bones. Stop right. this. Stop and doing
0: this. Just go watch Bones.
1: And there is a uh, a little known film called Amityville Vibrator. Uh, uh, that, that is about a woman that comes into contact with an vibrator with ancient evil powers, and um, it possesses her. <laughs> it's like it's the only amityville movie i cannot find a copy of so i have a mission in life there was a couple of amityville movies that were way way offshoots um yeah that got re-released under different names a couple times
0: Uh (laughs) clown town 2 is a masterpiece yes
1: yeah there 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 was uh there was amityville legacy which Mm -hmm. was re-released as amityville toy box but it's literally the exact same movie. They just re-released it with a different name because it would, you know, maybe get a couple extra viewers. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, that was, um, so I mean, if you, if you, by that point, you're almost up to 80 because of how many different renames that these things have done. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to have to watch some more Amityville movies. I did hear, I did hear that the 2005 uh, reboot with Ryan Reynolds was the superior of all Amityville movies. Really? But not by much. <laughs> I mean, the, the the original 1979 one was number two, and then it was just downhill after that. Until we got to space, obviously. Um, then it's all uphill. Because.
0: It turned. Amityville in space. The sky's the limit. <laughs>
1: uh, so, like I said, we, I don't have a, a heck of a lot of behind the scenes uh, for this movie. you well, actually. With- most I, I kind of the cast characters. I, I kind of have an idea. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
0: because I, I, I'm not happy with not knowing like the ins and outs of this film. Because you know, it's, like there's some cool stuff that happened in here. I'd like to to kind of explore how they got there.
1: Hmm. Well, uh, if only we could find out a way to ask somebody involved in this movie what their thoughts were.
0: Are you opposed to drunken witchcraft? Never okay great because what i do have is I, I got this today i was out at the um at the uh, the, the video store down the street the, the one with the weird creepy video clerk
1: oh game cracks
0: yeah yeah wow. um do you remember like old vhs board games oh yeah well he's he, they had this like v, vhs like ouija thing i don't know it's like a spirit board like you put the vhs in and supposedly if you like if you like Move the plankard while the VHS is playing. Like it opens up like a portal or like to, or to like to communicate with basically anyone. They don't have to be dead. It's like a scrying thing.
1: Oh, all right. Not... Similar to the so like like the internet kind of.
0: Yeah. So but it's it's called. A, yeah. It's ca- it's called Demon MacGuffin Seven, and <laughs> I, I think that we could try playing it and see if anything happens.
1: All right, let's let's give it a shot, and see what happens. Jeff I I really appreciate you making the time for us here. Uh I know you've been a, been a extremely busy guy. I went and checked your checked your IMDb and you had in uh this episode is going to air in February, but um when I checked it just now, you had in 2022 seven movies and a TV series. That's it's <laughs> quite a busy year. Uh, I
3: was pretty busy this year. It was uh, pretty exciting.
1: <laughs> so so for for our audience that might not be familiar with you, we uh we saw you in um what was the first movie we saw him in, Patrick?
0: Uh, the first one we watched was Noah's Shark. Noah's Shark. And then recently we watched um, Amityville in Space. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think all of the Amityville movies are connected, or they feel that way.
3: Uh, some of them are uh, connected, yes.
0: Okay. But uh, but you play Father Ben in all of them, and it's a fantastic character. So we we definitely wanted to have you on the show.
3: I I played uh, Father Ben the first time in uh 2017 movie uh Amityville Exorcism and then the second appearance was uh, Noah's Shark and then the third one was Amityville in Space.
1: Do we have any uh, future plans for Father Benna? You work anything in the works?
3: Uh nothing concrete there have been some uh rumblings about him going up against uh some bad characters uh from uh other Polonia movies which would be fun but uh nothing uh definitive yet. <laughs>
2: That would
0: that would be great. I would like to see Father Benna fight the feeders at some point.
3: <laughs> that that would be uh, that would be exciting. Uh, uh, feeders three was a lot of fun to work on. I and I was really pleased with the way that came out too.
1: Yeah, and and speaking of the of the plenty of films you did, um, what what was the the first film that you guys did together? Was it the Return to Splatter Farm, or did you guys do one before that?
3: Uh, the first film I acted in, or the first film that uh, Mark and I. Like collaborated on as like co producing, um, the, yeah, the first film I ever did. Act- the
1: first, was that the first one you did with Mark?
3: Uh, the first one that Mark and I collaborate collaborated on uh, as uh, co producers was uh, Return to Splatter Farm. Yes.
1: And when did you get into acting to start with? Because I saw you you did some some music videos in the past too.
3: Uh, yes, I got into acting back in uh, the mid nineteen nineties. I had taken. Uh, some uh, video production courses in college in in the early 1990s, and that's when I got into video production work. And I also started taking acting uh, and theater courses around that same time, and I got to know some of the other independent filmmakers in my area. So it was around the mid-1990s I started acting.
0: Oh, wonderful. What were some of the first first roles that you uh, were in that maybe we could uh, check out if we wanted to see?
3: Let's see. Uh, One of the earliest movies I did was – a movie called shadow tracker vampire hunter. It was uh, uh, shot on super eight film by a filmmaker from my area named Joe Bignardi. I had a, a bit part, no pun intended as a, as a vampire. That was one of the first ones I did. Uh, and then let's see. Um, I-
1: so I got to, I have a question that I've been kind of wondering. I've watched a couple of your movies. Um, I'm wondering the what's, what's the deal with the, with the green Kia soul. Whose car is that?
3: Oh, uh, that is Mark Polonia's car, and that's why you see it in uh, a lot of movies. <laughs> that makes sense.
1: <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's somebody's car. I couldn't figure out who it was, but uh, that totally makes sense. That it's Mark's car, absolutely does. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And, yes, and you've worked with a. You've worked with quite a few people in a lot of these, like uh, uh, I've, I've seen Jamie Morgan pop up in a few of them. Uh, Titus, uh, I'm gonna probably butcher his last name, Himmelberger, I believe.
3: Oh, that's it. Yes.
1: Um, did you guys know each other before you started doing these films or did you guys kind of meet while you're filming?
3: Um, I met those people while filming. I met Jamie Morgan. I think the first movie she did was it kills camp blood seven. That was around 2016 or 2017. And uh, Titus, I think came on board Around the time we did, I think Amityville exorcism. He's a he's a local actor. He lives in that area, and uh, Jamie's from New York. I know, uh, but you you see a lot of the same people. Uh, I, I Mark has a lot of regulars, and I've gotten to know people through the projects.
1: Yeah, you guys seem to. And you, you were you were going to be working on a, a you're you're co directing another film. I saw you post on Twitter the other day.
3: Oh yes. Uh, Yes, it's a script that I wrote. It's called The Stalking, and it's a killer plant movie. It's going to be our follow-up collaboration, and we have shot some scenes for that already. We've shot with some of the minor characters, and we've done um, effects shots and inserts and that type of thing, and we plan to film with the main cast next uh, next year around May.
0: Well, that sounds exciting. I like the idea of a killer plant.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's always fun. How how long does it take you guys to normally film one of your movies? Because you guys seem to kind of go for maximum effort on minimum budget.
3: Oh, right, right. Um, filming one of Mark's movies usually takes between three and maybe at the most six or seven days, but most of them, most of them were able to film around, let's see, takes around two to three days to. Two would be minimum. That's the quickest I think we've ever done one. and but yeah, two, three, four days that type of thing. I, I've been on a couple where it was a little bit longer. i think the the longest I stayed in Pennsylvania was maybe six days. I think that was for I think amityville Death house. that was I think six days
1: all right, and, and oh, those and are so, definitely so,
0: high intensity sh- uh, shoots if you're going that quickly.
3: <laughs> yeah, Mark's very organized. He has everything mapped out. Uh, you know, with the cast, locations, uh, props, effects, and everything. And because he's so organized, you know, we're able to go right through it. Uh, you know, we'll we'll film some scenes and break and film some more scenes, break for lunch and uh, film more scenes. And, yeah, he's very efficient, and he does what he calls front-loading the movies. He'll schedule more things for the beginning of the filming uh, and then – It'll be less as as it goes, and if there if if there are any holdups, it gives us time on the back end to make up those things. But but a lot of times it's very smooth, and you know uh, we're able to uh, just go right through it.
1: And you had so you had Amityville Death House, Amityville Exorcism, um, Amityville Island, Amityville in space. Are you guys doing any more Amityvilles that you're aware of?
3: Let's see. At at this point, I let me think now. Now at this point, I don't know about us doing any more Amityville that, yeah, that is a lot of movies. I know I, I never would have, <laughs> I never would have imagined I'd be in so many Amityville movies or, you know, just one, you know, it was pretty exciting. the first one was pretty exciting, I thought. Mm-hmm. And then to be yeah, in the- the Horror
1: movies tend to have a, a trajectory of eventually going into space. <laughs> We're all about like when they send horror movies into space and usually the next movie after that is like a reboot of this series or something. Cause they never really seem to know where to go after space. <laughs> If if there was if somebody was going to make a movie about about your life, who what actor would you have play you, and what would be the title of that movie?
3: Oh boy, I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer that one. I've never thought of that
0: before. <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very first
3: date question. Uh, I, I know when I I know when I was younger, uh, a few people told me I looked like Anthony Michael Hall. But when what he used to look like when he was young. Uh, that's not. That's not at all answering your question. But I was trying to think of anybody.
1: <laughs> it's a tricky. What about a name? What What kind of a title would would uh, the the Jeff Kirkendall film biography have?
3: Oh, it would probably. would probably have indie in the in the title. Uh, indie artist, or you know, misunderstood indie, <laughs> indie filmmaker, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Since I've been so involved in the independent, or a lot of people use the term would underground have- movie scene.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've been around a while. Can I ask, um, since you've played so many types of characters, is there like a, a favorite type of role you gravitate to?
3: Well, I, I, I played a lot of fun ones. And I think a lot of people would say the same thing. The the, the bad characters are yeah. always kind of the most fun. I played a bunch <laughs> of uh, what, you, what you would call uh, unlikable scientists and doctors and things. And those are always fun because, you know, you get to... Rough up other characters and say, say things you wouldn't say in normal life. <laughs> the characters everybody <laughs> loves to hate, so those are kind of fun, I think. But there have been a couple of the good characters I really like. To uh, probably my favorite role was uh, Andy Kilpatrick in Jurassic Prey because he was a uh, the character was a washed up B movie actor, and I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> he he's, he has a line in the movie about uh, having been in a lot of movies nobody's ever seen before. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah.
1: You guys kind of, uh, you guys got a lot of attention with that Amityville in space. That was, yes, was that yes. one of your more popular films, at least from a mainstream point of view.
3: I think so. That, that was this past summer. That was very exciting. I uh, I'll look around the internet sometimes uh, to see if I can find anything about uh, movies coming out. You know, the ones I've done that haven't come out and, and it had been it, earlier in the year, it, it had been kinda of quiet, but I'd done a bunch of films and in the summer I was one day I was on Twitter looking around and, and I I'd been typing in uh some titles like, you know, I had done Amity Villain Space and Sharkula. Those are ones I've been typing in. It was still dead silence, so I thought there was going to be nothing for a while. And it was Friday, Friday afternoon and, you know, one second there was nothing and then the next second Amity Villain Space was all over Twitter. I mean, it was just blowing up all over <laughs> Twitter. And then, strangely enough, Wild I uh, put out the release for Sharkula almost the next day, which is something they hardly ever do—they don't usually put out one mo- one movie and then another one immediately. Usually, there's you know one movie and then it'll be at least you know six months before the next one. And then that one got a lot of attention right at the same time, and th- both of those movies were you know all over the place. And then we got all this, this media attention, you know, from different websites and. Uh, I think the biggest thing was Amityville in Space was covered a couple times by Entertainment Weekly, which I was shocked. I was, you know, I think Mark emailed me or I me- emailed him and we were <laughs> just in awe that they were uh, they were covering, you know, our film. And, yeah, it was very exciting, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I mean, a lot of people, you know, kind of like to trash some of these indie films and stuff like that, but. I don't see them, you know, making some stuff in entertainment weekly. So, you know, it's like, you gotta, you gotta kind of roll with it. And while that was smart to kind of ride the wave and uh, just kind of start, you know, promoting other things. Cause now people are looking at Amityville and space going, well, what else are they doing? So that was a very smart play on their hand. Um, yeah.
3: I, I think we- wild eye does a really good job. They're one of the companies that really knows how to promote the movies. Uh, if you look at uh, a lot of their releases, uh, their box art and their poster art box art and the trailers are really good and they get attention and, uh, they're a lot of fun. And yeah. So I, yeah, it was a really, it was a really cool thing. Yeah, definitely. You know, It's,
0: it's funny you say that because half the time I don't realize it's a wild eye picture until I, I put it on. Cause I'll, I'll be the type of person that will like follow production houses and things and try to, to see what, what people are coming up with. But anytime I'm just, Looking for something to watch, and I'm going through like trailers on, say, Amazon Prime or something, going to to, to see what I need to watch. Like, oh, this looks awesome. Let's watch the trailer. That's awesome. But I press play, wild eye releasing, catches me surprised every time. I'm like, oh, yeah. So they're really quite good at marketing. That's definitely true.
3: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I remember seeing a Veloso pastor, and I was like, "Oh, that's Wild Night too. All right." Like, See? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, every time I'm like, it's there, "They are again.
1: <laughs> There are some naysayers and stuff like that. How how do you how do you react, and what could you tell other people when when people do give you kind of negative reviews about your performance or about the movies, and they kind of you know, social media is terrible at that. They just try to trash everyone all the time. How do you handle it? And how would you kind of advise other people that are just starting up and wanting to do something to, you know, how should they, what kind of advice would you have for them?
3: Well, it's something that I got used to pretty quickly um, because uh, as you say, these are uh, micro budget movies and a lot of people, you know, will put out negative things about it for different reasons. Uh, Sometimes I get the feeling it's not even so much about our movies. It uh, could be anything they could be angry about, but uh, I think that these micro-budget movies are an easy target because you know they don't look like Hollywood movies and that type of thing. Uh, but but you know, just uh, being a performer, you have to uh, learn to accept it. And and because people have all kinds of different opinions, uh, you know, I I like to read the ones that that are more substantive. You know, uh, I don't like the the reviews where you know they they just go after people and you know name call and that type of thing but but if people have legitimate criticisms I'm always interested in reading them I think the funniest ones are or the best ones are the ones even if they trash the movie if they're funny sometimes some of the reviewers are really funny and you know that's interesting to to read Um, but you know personally I've just gotten used to that type of thing I you know of course you always hope for good reviews. And those are always great to read, but you have to expect, you know, people have all different types of opinions and, uh, you do have to have a thick skin for it, you know, uh, because even, you know, even, uh, performers in Hollywood, their movies get, you know, torn apart as well. And, uh, you know, you can't expect everybody to say glowing things all the time. So, uh, yeah, you just have to, you know, take the good and the bad, I'd say.
1: Yeah. I've always been a, you know, this movie wasn't for me, but you might enjoy it kind of guy. Cause you know, you can't like everything out there, but um, just cause you don't like, it doesn't mean somebody else, you know, won't find some some form of enjoyment out of it. So yeah. Would you, would you have any interest on in doing more kind of mainstream type movies or do you, you like sticking with the indie circuit?
3: Oh, I would definitely be interested, you know, if something came along, I, I, I pretty much, I I pretty much say yes to everything now. Um, I mean I, li- I like the indie stuff because uh, you know you're as an actor say in one of Marks movies you're very involved in everything you're a big part of the production whereas when I was younger i I, I did uh, I did get involved in some uh, productions that were being shot in the area like there were a couple by NYU students and it seemed like a bigger production but you know, you were just a production assistant or an extra in the background. And I didn't really enjoy that so much, although it was interesting watching it. Uh, So I do like uh, with these indie movies, how, you know, I'm a big piece of the puzzle, you know, but if something bigger came along and I got offered something and it seemed like a good opportunity, you know, I would definitely consider it. So.
1: let's see uh do you have any other uh do you well oh you know what another thing i was reading about you uh is that you're a uh, retro gaming enthusiast
3: oh yes yes uh yeah i grew up in the age of uh atari games and uh mm-hmm. in the last five or six years ago i've kind of gotten back into it with uh with the resurgence of these systems uh you know the uh atari age site and all the uh the interest in the old systems and the homebrew games that are coming out and ebay where you can buy this stuff so yeah i had played it back in uh, the late 70s and early 1980s and then like a lot of people i i think the same it was the same story at some point it got put in the basement or got the atari got mm-hmm. sold or something <laughs> and i forgot about them for a lot of years and then Yeah, it was probably like five or six years ago i was in uh i think it was walmart and i saw a book on the shelf it was called art of atari and it was about uh it was about the artists who created all the great box art for atari back in the day who for whatever reason atari never credited and that was the book was about them they're telling their stories and it had a lot of great art in it and i hadn't thought about atari in a long time and i read that book and i i said wow that's you know kind of interesting and then i kind of discovered atari age at the same time and i was thinking well this is going to be you know just a kind of a history site but i was amazed to see that there was this huge resurgence in atari and not only were people buying the old games again but all these new games were being made but for the consoles the old consoles and i've kind of gotten i've kind of gotten back into it in the last few years and kind of started collecting the uh the boxed games again and playing a bit too (laughs)
1: <laughs> nice. yeah i'm kind of uh, bummed out i used to fix arcade games and at one point i had a couple of really old arcade game boards and all i just needed was a cabinet to put them in and oh, i had okay, them good. in a uh i had them in a storage unit and i ended up losing my job so i couldn't pay for the storage unit and then they auctioned it off and sold it to somebody and i was devastated oh, I, wow. Had, wow. I had at, at least 10 different game boards in there that i, I you know i probably could have taken them out and sold them, and (laughs) and made the money to pay for the thing but uh yeah it was one of the stupid young times i was like oh those have been so cool to play with nowadays wow
3: yeah i enjoy i enjoyed a lot of hours in the arcades back in the day you know (laughs) whole days were (laughs) engulfed i was engulfed in the arcades yeah that was that was that was a fun time
1: (laughs) if you were to kind of uh recommend and tell someone to to watch if, if they just if they were able to just watch one movie to get the full like Jeff Kirkendall experience what movie would you what movie of yours would you recommend that they watch
3: I think my favorite one is Jurassic Prey I really like the character in that one that was the character I mentioned he was a b-movie actor that's probably my favorite character and that's that's a really fun movie I have good memories of making that and playing that character. And that one, that one's been released in four or five countries. Actually, it's a lot of fun. It's a, a dinosaur movie. Yeah, it's it's just a fun B movie. Uh, that'd probably be my favorite one. Maybe Sharkenstein would be my second. I liked, I played this uh, mad scientist character in Sharkenstein. That one, that one actually has been released in a few countries also. That's that's really popular in Japan. I've been seeing a lot of stuff, uh, st- stuff on it over for, and the Japanese uh, Twitter pages. And, but that was a lot, that's a lot of fun. That's, that's another monster movie that I enjoy doing. And yeah, yeah. They're, they're two different, different characters with different tones, but they're my favorite ones, I think.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you got to love Tubi. I mean, you you can find a ton of your movies on Tubi, which is, which is great. I know it does seem (laughs) to be the
3: destination. I know I, yeah, I did a search the other day and, you know, just I'll search my name just once in a while and, I think it was 24 or 25 movies. Damn, all Mark's movies are on there, and uh, they seem to be a they seem to be a really great destination for the independent, you know, underground movies. Yeah, they're really cool. It's a really cool thing.
1: Yeah, what you know started off before everyone trying to you know get get movies into Blockbuster and how hard it was to get you know to get found out. Now you know you could just upload something to to YouTube. You can have Tubi sign up for it, and it's it's a great way to discover new people.
2: Yeah,
3: it is It is very cool. It's very different. Yeah, uh, it was harder to, uh, to get your stuff out there, uh, you know, decades past. And it is, yeah, it is very cool that people can uh, go right to stuff and find all kinds of stuff.
0: There was this brief period in the mid-2000s where if you found out about an indie movie and you wanted to watch it, you could only you had to buy it, but also the VHS stores didn't stock everything anymore. So you what you invariably would do for like two or three years there would be go to Suncoast Video and pay like <laughs> twice what the movie is worth. Yep. And then you had to like it because you paid forty dollars for it. <laughs> but I, I found a lot of stuff that way through like you would go through the forums and see what was being developed, and then you you know this is before YouTube, so you didn't have a trailer and you're like, Well everyone says this movie's good, and you'd go to the mall to the you know, to either Suncoast or FYE or Sam Goody. And like, okay, well, I I read about this. Let's take it home and watch it. And you'd find some really fun experiences that way.
3: Yeah, I know. I know a yeah, little but, bit about Suncoast. They're pretty famous. And I, yeah, that's that, that was one way to do it. And I, I used to sometimes buy independent films at the, the conventions too early on.
1: And I, I did purchase uh, the copy of uh, Amityville in space. Cause by the time we were watching it, it wasn't available. I needed a streaming stuff. So <laughs> I oh, did. Well, thank you. <laughs> that. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely been fun. And with, uh, with movies in general, what's your favorite, uh, what's your like favorite mainstream movie? Oh, like mainstream movie. Blockbuster mainstream movie.
3: Hmm. Well, I, I don't know if I have one favorite. I, uh, I, I like movies in general. I go to a lot of movies, um that in fact uh, i have a couple of friends we still go to the actual movie theater a couple a couple times a month which is probably more than a lot of people uh, but i don't have any one particular one I'm trying to think now Hmm.
1: yeah it's kind of a tough question Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to answer that either because i've got like so many different genres and i'm like well what are we talking about we're talking about action comedy drama what? it's hard to just narrow it down to a favorite one
3: right right And uh, I, I know the 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 movie that got me interested in the horror genre was the original Nightmare on Elm Street. I uh, I watched that on VHS a couple of years after it was released, and and uh, that was the one that kind of drew me into the horror genre. And I was a big fan of that series, and and then I started watching some of the other uh, franchises from that area and reading Fangoria magazine and all that type of thing. But yeah, but that movie was uh, it's still one of my favorite ones to this day.
1: Yeah, I think that was one that got me into it as well. I remember trying to forge a note from my mom to go see, I forget which Night when Elm Street was in theaters. Like it was, uh, it might have been like five or six, something like that. But yeah, I was trying. <laughs> I wrote a note pretending to be her saying it was okay to sell me a ticket to go see this movie. <laughs> I, I did not get in, but <laughs> I tried. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, I saw Pumpkinhead 2 when I was six. So that's my origin story. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. <laughs> I, 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 Honestly, I, I don't have a lot more questions. Um, I want to, again, thank you so much for, for being here. It's definitely, it's really fun to talk with you and, and hear about all this stuff. Um, is there anything you'd like to say?
3: Well, uh, well, first of all, thank, thank you guys for having me on. It's been a lot of fun and uh, thanks for uh, supporting the movies, you know, the independent movies and yeah. Um, trying to think if there's anything i want to promote um like i said we are mark and i are producing a a movie together Uh, we're going to be filming most of it next year so you know i'm hoping things turn out well with that and i've done a few more movies for mark that are going to be coming out soon i did uh oh i did one uh called uh motorboat that srs is going to be putting out i think maybe this month or a little past this month i've seen some uh seen some artwork for that one uh so that's uh one to look for and as far as i go i'm on uh my social media i'm on uh facebook and twitter and youtube and i have a an old style website uh called very scary productions
2: Uh,
3: it's uh, www.veryscaryproductions.com where you can reach me and i post updates on that too and so everybody can find me pretty easily, but, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. I, I always, uh, I always like talking about movies. I could uh, talk movies all day.
1: <laughs> Holy shit. I can't believe that worked.
0: That was really, that was really something.
1: Yeah. Well, we,
0: we did learn. Appropriate reaction.
1: Yeah. We did learn quite a bit of, uh, about, about the star of this movie, Father Benna himself, and we learned a lot about uh learned a lot about each other, I think.
0: Ourselves, yeah.
1: <laughs> we grew it, in a lot of ways.
0: It turns it's it 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 turns out that the real Amityville in space was the friends we made along the way.
1: Oh God, I hate you. <laughs> 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 <Damn it. laughs> All right, well well Patrick, I'm going uh, to to force you. Um, <laughs> We like to play a little game. In um, a way, I brought you here off your job. You think you can do it better? So here's your so, chance. So um, you 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 have to change three things and only only three things to try and improve on this movie. Uh, what are your three changes you're making? Yarn monster. <laughs> I want I want
0: I want a detailed origin of Yarn monster to open the film. <laughs> Like thousands of years ago. like the, You remember the way Wishmaster opens up? So the beginning of Wishmaster is like at the destruction of a city as the djinn runs wild with power thousands of years ago. Yeah. And then he gets imprisoned, and then we cut to modern day for the actual movie. Want well, that, but with the Yarn Monster.
1: See, what if it was something like, remember when we watched Bloody New Year and that tablecloth came to life? What if this was all the random shit that ends up underneath your couch come to life.
0: I mean, sure. But like, give me the moment, like that life entered into the random shit.
1: (laughs) Is it conception or is it birth? When does the yarn monsters life begin?
0: Canonically it's birth.
1: (laughs) Okay. Just so we're clear.
0: I'll, I, it's it's in the book All I'm saying In the Amityville <laughs> script The Yard Monster's life Begins at birth Okay uh, Okay So For for real though I, I would like more detail On the Yard Monster I think it's Because the character Comes out of nowhere And it goes nowhere So like He's there I get the Kind of the idea is just like To add extra minions And stuff Because it's Legion But like it would be cool If you showed it A couple more times Like the Cricket Man Or something In The Conjuring So more Yard Monster A
1: little build it up A little bit
0: Exactly. Um, part number two. More CGI hallways. I want this thing to look like fucking reboot. <laughs> There's some analog charm to that, like lead into the harvester aspect.
1: Yeah. If you do that, you have to make the like the med bay and everything else kind of match aesthetically.
0: I think that father Bena should get a cool prosthetic for
1: his hand like a holy water spraying squirt gun for a hand
0: or, or like an electric chainsaw cross.
1: Yeah. or oh, oh, just like a, a <laughs> just like a, but instead of a chainsaw, it's just a cross on the end of it. So the cross is just like thrusting back and forth. With
0: hand. Um, so what I want to do is, is close the episode by recommending, um, if you can find a thirst quencher that has strawberry and banana in it, then I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not plugging the actual brand here because it may be problematic. I don't know, but like there,
1: mm, there's a sponsor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like, <laughs> so like, I'll we'll just say strawberry banana body armor and I'll bleep it out. And if you want to just go ahead and just get that and then pour like an unmeasured amount of X-rated fusion vodka into that, mm-hmm. you're going to have a good time. Yeah. Now,
1: I have sitting here watching. That's how you should watch these movies, and that's how you should listen to our podcast.
0: And go through life. (laughs) Unless
1: you're driving. Yeah, don't do the thing that I said. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of uh, the first episode of our second season of Found on Shelf. And If you enjoyed this podcast, like, subscribe, leave reviews, uh, whatever you like on the uh, whatever platform uh, podcatcher you manage to, uh, to find us on. You can check out our website found on shelfpod.com, or you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook letterbox and at Gmail found on shelf pod. Uh, check out our shop on red, Bu- red Bubble, And, um, yeah send us a message let us know uh any suggestions that you'd like us to uh, any movies that you'd like us to watch we got a couple things planned out for the second season but uh, always willing to hear about some new ideas so uh shoot us a message on twitter or email whatever and uh let us know and um patrick you got any um got any final words for us here
0: um the wages of sin is amityville in space
1: good night (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, I forgot to click the outro audio.